Welcome folks to the Heels and Faces podcast. I'm your guy Orko and thank you for tuning in to the third edition of our show. I have with us my co-host Krish and what a week it was for pro wrestling. AEW turned it on the heat with all out. Good matches, an excellent crowd and some exciting debuts. So Krish, what an action packed Sunday did we have in pro wrestling? Yeah, we can say All Out was a great PPV for a very good reason because for the first time in like weeks I actually enjoyed watching Raw. So WWE had to react to what AEW did over the weekend. And I it was one of the um, one of the best PPVs I have seen this year. Uh some great matches, some great angles. There were no fillers in the the whole show. There were no matches that looked like fillers. Every match had a context. Every match had a purpose and a solid ppv from aew i i i can easily say this was the best pay per view that uh, aew has produced in their three or four years of existence definitely i mean easily easily and yeah. uh, tony khan has already mentioned that uh, it was also the most watched pay per view in aew history so i mean it speaks for itself but uh, let's just dive right in to what the main attraction or the main event of the uh, pay-per-view which was the Kenny Omega versus Christian match but it was certainly the debut of Daniel Bryan or should i say Bryan Danielson and Adam Cole both are now all elite what do you have to say on that it was exciting to watch them uh, and an- another uh... Pro, pro pro wrestling uh, promotion it was it was great i think daniel bryan looked excited adam cole uh, looked pumped and it's very clear what direction they have taken adam cole has sided with the heel faction daniel bryan has sided bryan danielson has actually sided with the face faction and it was and they were the right call adam cole is a natural heel and bryan danielson is a natural face so i think aw will uh, he, they will do some good job and a good work in AEW and I'm, I'm I was uh, stuck by what uh, Brian Danielson said after in the press con in the post uh, PPV press conference where he said CM Punk wants to promote young stars I I want to batter them so he's <laughs> here to actually prove himself and I and actually loved it and and the most important part uh, just not about the PPV it's what happened after the PPV the press conference it was really refreshing to see two former WWE stars actually speaking well about the company because uh, it has become a fashion to this WWE when you go to AEW Daniel Bryan said that he had a he has a great relationship with Vince McMahon and felt that McMahon was overprotective about him and same with adam cole he said he had a great four years at wwe had nothing to bad nothing bad to say about the company which was refreshing yeah, to watch yeah, yeah. i i want to harp on this point a lot of the uh, folks who leave wwe tend to uh, speak a lot of negative things about wwe i mean there are negatives uh, and obviously any employee leaving any company will have some grievances and that's why they're leaving the company but but it's not just a simple job for them it's also the place where they make a name for themselves where they get famous in the first place if you do not get famous in the first place i guess no one else would be interested in taking you on right exactly i mean yeah, and- uh, even though rusev wasn't used or miro 
wasn't used properly uh, by the WWE late in his run, uh, especially with the storyline with Bobby Lashley and Lana and all those stuff. But he made a name for himself. He probably has one of the greatest WrestleMania entrances of all time. He came on a bloody tank. So, so but he made a name o- over there. And like nobody would have known uh, Rusev or Miro without WWE. And I don't know why people tend to forget this or the wrestlers themselves. It might be a shoot. It might be a work. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of like uh, becoming too cliched to say everything is so bad and everything is so bad and everything is so bad. I mean, Chris Jericho can still say that he had made a name for himself in WCW before he came to WWE or WWF back then. But when some of the others say that, uh, and some hardcore fans say that he was a very good indie wrestler, I mean, yeah, but did he make a worldwide name for himself as an indie wrestler? Did he become a household name being an indie wrestler? He might be a darling of some internet fans, but not a household name to be for say. So, I mean, it was actually very refreshing. So, yeah, good point you brought up there, Krish. But what I want to speak about mainly is Daniel Bryan. I, I, I think I'll not, uh, be, not be able to get over the na- name for the first few weeks or so, but let's just call him Bryan. Brian is obviously a natural baby face and it was good to see him as a baby face but he has some sort of an edge to him. He looks refreshed. He looks uh, with a yeah, kind of an edge to his character. The Brian which we know is a dogged fighter. The Brian which we have seen in WWE for the most of his run was a dogged underdog. Someone who gives it all in the ring someone who's always bound to lose, but somehow against the odds manages to get the win or manages to get things going. He has been knocked down a lot of times too. But here he looks as if someone who's out there to get a fight and won't is not the PG rated Brian, if I have to say. So Krish on that. Yeah, Daniel Brian has an edge to his character that is very evident. Uh, very evident from what he did during the PPV at the end of the PPV. It's very evident from that. And and what he said after the PPV was very pertinent too. That I'm not here to promote young guys. I'm here to prove that I'm the best in the world. So it's, it is actually the kind of character I wanted from CM Punk. CM Punk is too goody, too goody shoes for me right now. Punk is at his best when he has an edge. And uh, for some reason, I'm, I find his AEW character a bit uh, out of Man. sync. Mellowed out of sync. Yeah, mellowed say. down a little out of sync. Uh, to be honest, I would have loved Punk if, if he was a heel at AEW. I'm here for the money. I'm here to like batter everyone. I'm here to prove my uh, to prove that I'm the best in the world. Yeah. But here he's like. I mean, I mean, I mean. It's like, I mean, uh, props to Bret Hart. He was one of the um, greatest of all time. But I mean, is Punk trying to be a Bret Hart over here? I don't know what he's trying to be, but I'm, I'm, I don't, of course, Punk, when he's in the ring working, he looks great, but the character seems a little out of sync for me. And even, but I have to like uh, stop you here because I didn't actually like the match that Punk had with Darby Allen, at least the first half of the match. But uh, then 
uh, when I rewatched the match, uh, there was obviously, and it's all out there in the internet that it was kind of like a reference to the match that one two three KK or Sean Waltman or X Pack had with um, Bret Hart back in 1994 on Raw, where uh, it was like an introduction of Waltman to the wider audience. So it was kind of like a similar matchup. Uh, they uh, gave a lot of references, but overall, I didn't like the match. But again, coming back to uh, the main event, Adam Cole, again, natural heel, playing it out with the heels, good thing. So they are known as the heel. He's known as the face. And as it is Dr. Britt Baker, if we have to bring her up also, she's not exactly a face. She might be getting huge pops because it was mostly at... Uh, at her hometown or some of the sort. She's more, more like a tweener rather than a face or maybe more on the side of a heel. So Adam Cole debuting as a heel makes perfect sense. And I also liked how the music was used. Although I'm not a fan of Brian's entrance music, but we have to let go of a few things. <laughs> I mean, of course. I, I was happy to hear the starting refrains of uh, the Valkyrie and then that some kind of a punk music or something. I don't know what genre to describe that music, but it was kind, kind of like distracting for me. For there Daniel. are two things we need to get used to with Brian Daniel Brand. It's like Brian Danielson and the entrance music. It had the uh, initial riff, but then I don't know what they were doing with that uh, entrance. But yeah, I was happy to see Brian Danielson back on back in the ring again. Yeah, I was, it was very, and I think he will get a huge push uh, uh, in uh, AEW at some is point. He gonna be, is he going to be the next challenger to Kenny Omega? Uh, that is what they they were shaping up for it. It seemed like uh, at some point Daniel Bryan is going to challenge Kenny Kenny Omega, and it makes sense. I would also want to watch. I would also want to watch Brian take on CM Punk at some point because that's a dream match. So yeah, there's a lot of possibilities, and the character that Brian has, uh, he can he can do a lot of let's say not so face work without turning into a heel. So there are there are some potential, and as Brian said, he wants to jump around and not be and not get, have Vince McMahon <laughs> around him, protecting him, which is nice to hear. Brian taking risks is the best Brian, to be honest. So yeah, I hopefully there are some exciting matches in front of us in the next few months or so. Speaking of matches, uh, we saw the main event, which I was okay. was okay-ish. Uh, then we had uh, CM Punk facing of Darby Allen, which was a good match. Not a great match, a good match. At least the first half of it was kind of like not great, but it picked up in the second half. Then we had another match, which for me stole the show. The tag team titles cage match I think it was the best that is one of the best that, that is probably the best tag team match I have seen in pro wrestling for years probably the well, best tag team match well I can say like uh, that that is even perhaps one of the best cage matches of all time yeah of course <laughs> no question about it and and for years I have I have not seen tag team matches that exciting uh, maybe one one of one of one or two uh, matches in uh, NXT in the last couple of years, but nothing has come close to what what we saw 
this weekend at AEW for sure. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, and uh, I guess the crowd was also happy to see the elite lose the titles. Certainly, like uh, the Jackson Bros have been quite douchebags, if we have to call them. And it was happy that uh, for once the crowd went back home with something good. Yeah, it was nice. If you are if you are letting Kenny Omega win the title at the end of the show. <laughs> giving it to the faces in in the in the luchas was the right thing to do and it was the right call to make and they were they were high with the crowd it would have been wrong to keep a title with the elites so it was the right call to make the right booking was made so everything with that match actually went right the booking was great the finish was great the pace of the match was brilliant the story the, told during the match was great yeah, exactly. so yeah everything about that match was great i mean if i had my way i would have uh, i I mean, each time I watch the Jurassic uh, Express, uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy come out, I start waving my hand with the music. But I mean, they are my favorites clearly. But I was also happy with the Lucha Bros uh, taking the winning the number one contender match and then taking out the W here at All Out. So I'm looking forward to how uh, the storyline progresses and uh, with the involvement of like. Uh, the elite uh, currently having to fend off on quite a few fronts here it would be interesting the direction uh, these folks take on now but what do you think holds in the future of adam cole like will adam cole fight with uh, daniel bryan or is it bryan danielson yeah they, i can see a fight between them adam cole is in aw and he is a heel right now I'm at to be honest at some point of course Adam Cole will turn against Kenny Omega too uh, has to because has to has <laughs> to like I know why I'm saying this because you come from a company another company whatever but uh you are expected to be one of the top faces right and uh, currently uh, the way AEW has positioned themselves I know it's a good problem to have but sometimes it get chaotic also when uh, there are too many uh, people to satisfy and for the um, like they are known to satisfy the crowd and there are too many faces uh, to satisfy the crowd rather yeah that at this point aw has a problem of plenty and sometimes that can be a big problem because yeah, if people, you have like people, a people yeah people people will want uh, cm punk dan brian and adam cole and the john moxley's to be on top all the time but then again you have to remember some of these guys are way are past 40 or pushing 40 uh, kenny omega himself to uh, christian so either they are pushing 40 or they are just past 40 and then they have the guys the younger guys who are also quite popular and like jungle boy is obviously quite popular uh, darby allen is obviously quite popular so i mean there has to be a fine line because you you can't become the thing that you complain about right yeah we have talked about jungle boy darby allen uh, we haven't talked about probably the best heel in pro wrestling right now mjf i mean yeah mjf i i was uh, sorry sorry mjf i was actually thinking on the lines of the faces as such but then again yeah mjf mjf so, is uh, also there and MJF is coming out of a big, big feud. 
yeah i mean the natural progression of the storyline should be that mjf moves on to bigger and better things and obviously the bigger and better thing doesn't mean the tnt title obviously it means the aw <laughs> world championship right but then yeah. the world championship yeah, is problem is yeah any omega is heel and had a match with christian christian now has uh, brian by his side uh, kenny omega also has to look past his shoulder because adam cole you never know with him and then uh, i'm hearing rumors that uh, cody rhodes might uh, again interject himself after a point of time so cody rhodes yeah i want uh, i i believe Co- i i kind of see cody rhodes as a triple h of aw so yeah i would like to see punk and cody rhodes fight at some point but that's a different issue uh, point and, and and i and i forgot to mention one more name like how many matches do you want john moxley to fight with like uh, new japan guys i mean uh, total i mean i love the match with uh, satoshi kojima i mean it was great it was quite good and we loved it but then again we have to remember that he fans would obviously want him to be back too in the main event scenario he lost his match he lost the title he held the title for a quite some time but there has to be a time when he comes back for his pound of flesh john moxley i think uh, as 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 there were rumors uh, that anil bran wanted to work with njpw guys too so uh, i think uh, brian might fight one of this new new japan guys going forward at some point and yeah of course john moxley has to come back to the main event he is a main eventer in aw uh, so he come back. but the problem with aw right now there are too many big stars like who do you who do you push at this point you by signing the kind of the brians the coles the moxleys h uh, christians you have too many big stars too many stars who are big in the field and and you also have a crop of very young stars who are coming up who are also vying for the top belt so at this point there are at uh, this next five or six months aw's booking needs to be point on absolutely point on because it might go horribly wrong at some point some some of the stars might feel disillusioned some of the young stars might let's if you if you remember the 90s the wcw the kind of the jerichos of the world left wcw because those old stars were being pushed too hard and they had and and they had creative control too and they had creative control too which is the case with the aw2 so if you let the insanes run the asylum things might go wrong so next 6 months this uh, booking has to be pitch perfect because I mean, i mean i mean do they even bring in bray wyatt do they even bring in bron strowman there are so many free agents around right now and if if i was aw i would not bring wyatt and stroman because if you are bringing wyatt and stroman you are bring, you are bringing them in to be main eventers not yeah. to be fillers not to be mid carders main eventers you already have too many main eventers so in my opinion the aw's uh, uh, booking has to be pitch perfect for next 6 months and one year because the likes of mjf the likes of jungle boys these are young stars and they might think i might move to wwe get a better push so you have this this need this needs to be taken care of because it's a it's good to have problem of plenty 
but the pro at the at this point i see problems for aw when it comes to booking your top stars things well, could go have, wrong yeah yeah well they have uh, as of now managed to book their i mean something that i always praise about aw is how they make their mid carders and lower card lower card folks like even the jobbers the the booking is quite good and they get featured on quite a few matches and all i fear that they will all be restricted now to aw dark or dark extended and whatever the b and c shows they have i i mean there are they they also have a lot of talent now on their roster one thing we had a complaint about wb that they had too many people but you have to also remember that they had three prominent they have three prominent shows to fill up too yeah so even though and the reason wb stocked up on too many wrestlers at that time because that was the thinking at that point of time that we have to prevent stars for from leaving this company or that company we have to stock up then they realized stocking up is not never a good option because you also have to make and i mean from a business standpoint people might say they are cutting during a pandemic this and that it's a such a bad company i mean end of the day it's a business in a business you don't have employees who are not working right you don't yeah when you them. when you have too many mid carders or lower carders it you end up having jeff hardy fighting for a 24/7 title which exactly. was a little sad to see this on raw <laughs> jeff hardy in that melee yeah i mean i mean if you have too many folks you you can't feature all of them first of all second of all there are too many people who are just sitting in the back getting a paycheck i mean end of the day even if i run a company or even if i run a small business or anything i would not want my money to be if i have to say it wasted yeah i would want i would want whoever i'm paying working right and as okay. it is they were current they were not even traveling around the cities so you don't have need the extra talent too i mean you need a bank of talent but that doesn't mean you need to have 500 people on your roster so i mean that's not a bad thing that they have made cuts some of the cuts might have been surprising but then again it was all about the bottom line too that some of these stars were given if you remember very elevated paychecks when uh, aw had begun and they were giving out like doling out big amounts and so wb tried to retain some of the stars who were near the end of their contract with even bigger contracts so i mean that's why some of the access fell how they fell even though i i personally might have been against one or two of the uh what should i say of the culling or the people let to go but end of the day you have to think objectively too you just can't criticize just because it's the cool thing to do anyway coming to the debuts we have uh, spoken about brian we have spoken about cole ruby soho or as we formerly knew her as ruby riot ruby soho won the match at all out she she got a guaranteed future championship aw women's world championship match she won the casino battle royal i like the format five superstars and in each suit of a card and one joker coming out all said and 
good and done but i somehow feel aw's women roster lacks of that superstar power that this is the only field in the entire pro wrestling arena where the wwe superstars are and i think ruby ruby soho was a right during the it was it is great to see see her get that kind of pop that kind of push because i think that, that, he that was her home crowd right from her and i think she was a little underused uh, in wwe he's she's very talented she's very talented on the mat on the mic she's very talented i and the way wwe used ruby soho was a little what can i say a little disappointing yeah the only memorable match i can i can't recall any memorable ruby riot match yeah you can yeah but i i i think her match with uh, uh i think her match i before sasha banks uh, had challenged for the raw titles against uh, the mma fighter what was the name i'm forgetting the name of an mma fighter my god <laughs> i'm nearing 30 Oh, I'm 33 years old. So I've definitely f- f- forgotten the name. So, <laughs> yeah. the problem. You see, this is the problem with WWE's women's section. You only remember two or three names because two or three names are pushed that hard. That's a big problem. So, so yeah, Ruby Soho was she was brilliant and and she looked excited after the match. I saw that press conference. As a journalist, I do listen to a lot of press conferences, and the press conference it was very evident that she loved the. that hard she was uh, she was built up I that think, big I, 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 and I she think we, that i think yeah i'll like to interrupt you i think both of us should die because we forgot the name of ronda rousey yeah, oh so, <laughs> yeah so uh, like ronda rousey had a match with ruby if you remember so yes i guess yeah that is that is a memory i have of ruby i also re- obviously i remember her debut because it was uh, uh, like a three pronged debut on both sides of smackdown as well as uh, raw it's kind of, kind of like a woman evolution is taking place of that kind uh, but i have to say that ruby was totally underutilized i agree but i don't i don't I, somehow i don't feel that she is a superstar she is good but she is not a superstar material i mean even dr brit baker she might be good on the mic but she is not that good in the ring to be honest i mean a, a, if if in aw i have to point out people who i find good in the ring uh, i found their former champion riho to be quite good in the ring i i found the the previous champion hikaru shida quite good in the ring uh, there have been some people like thunder rosa obviously is quite good uh, diamante is good uh there were a couple of people who were who were brought in as exhibition matches from time to time quite good but i i haven't seen that breakout superstar yet from the women's division on AEW to be very honest AEW is um, very cent- very uh, at this point uh, centered around the male superstars so uh, let's see how uh, um, the reason that they have brought in ruby soho from the little the problem uh, the AEW, if you're former WWE, you will get automatically pushed. 
at this point ruby soho will get pushed now it's time whether whether it's time for her to prove that whether she is super or not yeah, sink or swim i mean i mean i can I, I, i'm imagining the day if charlotte leaves wwe and goes to aw and <laughs> charlotte getting a push and aw crowd lapping it up i mean that would be quite ironical right charlotte charlotte might be a 30 time champion by the time she leaves <laughs> wwe <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, I'm just. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte's, Charlotte's uh, partner is in AEW right now. Yes. So you never know. It could happen. But Charlotte is. Why would she leave yeah. WWE? She's WWE yeah, I mean, right. I mean, I mean, Ric Flair leaving at this age, or Ric Flair uh, doing independent, or I mean, he's not gonna wrestle, right? And he, I mean, hope he does gonna wrestle. We can hope, but. I mean, Ric Flair obviously is. This is not the Ric Flair of the 80s or the 90s. This is a Ric Flair of 2021. So that's okay. But again, Charlotte Flair. Is there royalty? I I I don't. I never saw the situation where Charlotte has left WWE as a company. Uh, she is royalty in WWE. I mean, uh, people say that Roman Reigns is pushed too hard and overprotected. This and that. Have you ever seen Charlotte? <laughs> I mean, that's the only question that I have for these folks. Like, have you ever seen Charlotte? Has Charlotte? Charlotte I, I agree. Charlotte has been overprotected. Any big match? There, there, there have been instances where it made more sense for her to lose, but she didn't lose. She won. But, but somehow, it works because she's so good. Charlotte is so good. That's the reason I mean, it works. I mean, there are few people on this planet, male or female, who are better than Charlotte inside the squared circle. To be very honest, she's I, more than she's. I, re- one I of remember, best. yeah, I remember the days when, when we used to discuss women's wrestling and we used to talk about um, how great Beth Phoenix is or how great Natalia is, and when you see Charlotte, you find. Come on, you got to be kidding me. Natalia <laughs> is isn't even half as good as Charlotte, right? Charlotte, Charlotte's biggest strength not only is she a very good technical wrestler, she can also tell a story during the match. Uh, not everyone has that talent of telling a story during the match. There are very few people in WWE or very few people in women's wrestling who can tell a story as good as Charlotte inside the squared circle. To be honest. She might be sometimes a bit, uh, I, but as a heel, she's always brilliant on the mic too. As a heel, yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte, she's one. She's one of the best pro wrestlers that this uh, that this that this world has seen in the last twenty. 20- I mean, I mean, I mean, men or men or men or female doesn't matter. Yeah, I I mean the four horsemen. If we have to call the four horsemen back in wrestling, if they were great. The four horse women are actually way better, as in overall talent. I yeah, four... definitely, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely, no. The four horse women—they are the best thing that has happened to WWE for a long time. Look at the look at that look at the amount of championships they have collected, range of characters that they have played. And and, and no, did you did you ever the, imagine? Did you ever imagine? And the best part about it. Is the four horsemen? They were they are WWE Hall of Famers as a group. 
Yeah, they, they will these these four will be on an, uh, on, an, on, an, yeah, on an individual basis also each one of them might not have gone through if if means they would have to wait a very long time to have a year where like one or two of the guys just for the sake that they have been for a long time in the business they are inserted or they are um, into the hall of fame but inducted rather not inserted inducted into the hall of fame but these four people uh, folks they have never been officially the four horse women group but individually if there is a wrestling hall of fame of only women they would easily come inside the top 10 and i dare say to anyone out there to challenge me on this they'll they'll walk they'll come in the top they'll 10 walk in. they'll walk into the top 10 <laughs> I, i i can i can see uh, charlotte uh, kicking open the door open i can see the man walking in with a swagger i can see bailey looking back and laughing at all those folks who cannot enter into the hall of fame and i can see sasha banks with champagne in her hand already sitting inside and taking a sip and uh, saying guys come on in to the other three i think this four horsewomen and this one more women wrestler that i think kind of started this revolution before she left aj lee yeah, aj lee yeah. yeah props to her I, she was an absolute favorite of yeah. mine so she, we so she kind we, of started uh, this yeah so we might see dan uh, brian finally getting married to aj lee maybe in the future <laughs> in aw <laughs> that might take place you never know <laughs> or is he coming back as the manager of dynamite for a move past this adam cole one of the reports i read today adam cole was offered the smackdown yeah, and, I, 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 and i have no reaction to it this is little really no reaction why would you give a non wrestling role to adam cole even though he's great he's yeah, on the mic even though even though we were like we were talking about a day earlier not on the podcast but when we were personally talking to each other we were discussing that i miss like a proper manager on raw or smackdown but oh, not adam cole i i, I <laughs> didn't have obviously adam cole on my mind but i i have no doubts he would have been great but i would rather watch adam cole inside talking i would uh, yeah i would rather have uh, someone uh, like uh, M- mvp as a manager uh, heel manager of uh, one of the brands still works one of the senior guys coming in as a manager still works but obviously not adam cole as a heel manager of smackdown right now i mean dan uh, daniel bryan in wwe or brian daniels in aw he as a manager still made sense because he was not cleared to wrestle he was still recovering that made sense that made actual storyline sense but this doesn't make sense why would he become a manager yeah anyway just yeah anyway just moving on chris jericho defeated mjf by submission i loved the ending of the match as in how the match ended i did not exactly like the match overall so what direction do they take i would have actually personally liked mjf taking the win and becoming even a more monster heel but it's okay chris jericho uh, t- took the win 
and i don't think that this saga or this storyline should continue further i mean people complain that in wwe storylines don't end for 6 months or 7 months you do remember that in the attitude era some of the storylines ran longer right but oh some uh, of the storylines ran, ran for years in attitude era yeah. years and now the problem is people with internet and lot of fast means of uh, storytelling i don't like storylines to be very short and i don't like storylines which are not interesting to stretch out that we can agree upon but i obviously like a slow build story come on we are seeing the roman reigns as a heel champ for one year close to a year now what a year last year summerslam he became champion yeah isn't it one of the best things right now isn't definitely it, it is the is it, no. is isn't it yeah and isn't it the best thing probably the best thing that roman reigns has done in his entire career oh uh, other than thing takatash sakatash was the best thing that he has done but it is a close second what he is doing right now it's close second to be honest uh, mjf didn't need the win i believe uh, he's already a monster hill but of course if he won it would have been like as i said uh, in one of the previous shows nuclear heat he would get the nuclear heat Yeah, and, you know, and and even if Jericho retired, come on, this is pro wrestling. You can easily bring back someone through some kind of a wrestling trope. Yeah. So the only person who actually stayed retired after after a match was Shawn Michaels, and even though he came back for that horrible, horrible so, match. So, so <laughs> technically, so technically, uh, Chris Jericho beat MJF. CM Punk defeated Darby Allen, and Paul White, or formerly the Big Show, beat QT Marshall. So this is WCW late nineties. So uh, uh, I mean, I don't want to like get into the faces of those fans. Uh, I think this company is pushing uh, old wrestlers, but then then people will come at me like they are not part timers, dude. I mean, like CM Punk getting the win over Darby Allen still makes sense because CM Punk is a huge name coming back, and the storyline can be progressed that Darby Allen lost because of his erratic ways or immaturity or not that. But MJF is a intelligent, smart heel. He's not a stupid heel. He's not a coward heel. A little bit of coward, but he's a very smart heel. Very, very smart heel. Paul White MJF losing losing MJF MJF losing 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 if Jericho had to retire lose best scenario but I don't wrestling anytime soon MJF didn't need to win but in sense like yeah a, a, a older star pushing probably the most heat inducing heel in even more than roman reigns uh but uh, i i don't believe mj needed the win this this yeah. one move on to bigger things i Jer- I, i hope so i hope yeah I mean, jericho yeah Jer- again again uh, yeah again the problem of plenty comes back calling yeah honest. what to do next where where, where does mj go like i i mean the story with chris jericho has been great some some high points some low points 
you do remember the matches where we were promised fireworks and we got a dud and uh, yeah i mean <laughs> I, i mean that we were promised kind of a, like a man kind of a moment and we got like falling on boxes kind of a situation and it was quite a dud there but we have had a long storyline where do we go from here where yeah, do you we, cannot, where does you mjf go from here mjf should be in the mjf should be technically into the title picture i the, the thing i fear is in order to accommodate these incoming big stars they might lose the momentum of some of the stars they they have built themselves yeah. or some of the stars who have come here and made a name for themselves i mean i worry what will happen to jungle boy soon jungle boy got a fight with kenny omega got a title match now he lost the tag team contender match too he, he wasn't he wasn't uh, able to get into the tag team scenario like as in challenge for the titles now the titles are held by a baby face team i, I would, think i don't know i would ideally like him to face perhaps or beat uh, he, he be the one to beat miro for the aw tnt championship i don't know but we might get another uh, match between eddie kingston and miro in the next couple of pay-per-views or the next pay-per-view so i'm not sure about the directions they might take i'm waiting for what direction they might take but i'm not sure about the direction they might take i'm not sure daniel bryan or cm punk needs the title to be the top stars in aw yeah they, they don't they don't need but the way they i'm not talking about uh, punk but the way bryan has been introduced into yeah. the aw universe it seems like for mj for the boy these young stars who these are these are stars aw so टाइटल one of the titles i mean the top title i think i, I think an, uh, a feud with punk will not be bad uh, as a fill, as a filler while yeah uh, as a filler while mixes, while it, mixes it up with kenny omega yeah i mean punk, i mean punk I mean, then then we might see a brian mjf kind of a scenario later on perhaps brian mjf kind of scenario punk and uh, mjf would work great on mike on mat Yeah, so he, the it, promos would be killer. Yeah, promos will be Shakespearean to be honest. So, <laughs> so the point is, point is yeah, that that could work. But I yeah, you cannot uh, fight Omega for a title because they're both heels. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. So you need the title for MJF to go after it. And you really don't would wouldn't want to turn MJF into a face. He is the best heel around. Let's not tinker with his character right now. And and. and i i don't know like i i perhaps thought that jade cargill would take the win in the women's casino royal battle royal 
but uh, okay a debuting ruby soho in her hometown okay that also makes sense for the time being because uh, if you remember jade cargill has not officially lost a match yet but this should count as a loss in her record but i don't know if they'll be counting this battle royal but let's just see what happens but overall we are all happy that we got a pay per view that all of us enjoyed all of us enjoyed all of us loved watching the matches that we got to watch except maybe one or two we may not agree on maybe an outcome of perhaps one or maybe a two matches but overall the pay per view delivered they it, they it had a lot of hype to it and they delivered on all the hype so your move wwe your move wins coming on that wins has done two things right over the past few months roman reigns continues to be interesting continues to fascinate continues to make us look forward to every second of what happens with him and the main thing about pro wrestling is sometimes we want to have want to see a great match the best part about roman reigns is you don't even need the match at times you want to watch what is happening it's like a great soap opera it's like um, the sopranos at its best to be honest yeah. roman reigns uh, this this weekend this week sam's magnown i saw the first fissures between reigns and uh, heyman how do you know he is in this place how do you know lesnar is this place how do you know lesnar won't be here so how are you the, sure how are how you are, not sure ah, that was pretty the first that was that relationship goosebumps yeah the first the kind of breaking between roman reigns and paul heyman we saw the first signs uh, come on. paul heyman has a brock lesnar linkedin <laughs> yeah that that was the that was the funniest bit of the smackdown when when they were they when the and it, and it had to be when he was being interviewed yes it was this is when wwe does slapstick comedy best they do it this is the way they don't like people jumping around stuff it's just very simple going on paul heyman getting a brock lesnar and it's bro brock lesnar's music it's a very simple trope worked brilliantly to reason paul heyman is wonderful he's paul the best he's no, just paul see paul heyman is paul heyman paul heyman is paul heyman and, and we had biggie i mean the i mean even though this i think this is what uh, could have been done with uh, perhaps um, otis but otis didn't have the acting chops to carry out that thing and otis isn't to be honest is not as obviously as good as biggie so he biggie has the seriousness can be serious but he also has the acting chops and that funny bone in him where he can poke fun at others and it was it's brilliant to watch the, those segments i mean the looming threat of the money in the bank briefcase but shown in a refreshingly comedic manner yeah you you don't have to be uh, you don't more than that make yeah you don't have to be sexist or uh, 
body shaming or fat shaming kind of jokes to like make fun or have fun or to get a laugh this is pure uh, reactional comedy at its best more than the acting comedy chops that you need for that uh, playing right threat butterfly uh, goes for the universal title rather than the wwe title i really hope it, and i i i think after he's going to get into raw because they are struggling to have someone uh, uh, bobby lashley that's why they have you know he's a filler to be honest and you're not going to challenge bobby lashley for yeah the, yeah and and it and and uh, the only reason bobby um, randy orton is challenging bobby lashley because orton is currently quite over with the crowds and like i i guess and not guess he is the top baby face on raw right now alongside uh, riddle so i mean that's the only logical reasoning that wwe can find i mean they could like, they could have even gone i mean i don't know they could have even gone back to like kofi kingston perhaps why why i'm saying this because kofi kingston they could have gone back and then in the draft um, biggie is brought over to raw like kind of like a new day had some thing to uh, bring over biggie to raw so that biggie can have that briefcase moment i mean that would make a great storyline sense I think after Crown Jewel, if we have the draft, I guess there should be a pay per view, uh, perhaps at Survivor Series, where uh, Kofi Kingston is brought back into the mix. I think there's a lot of things that is happening with the draft right now. A lot, like point, uh, I believe uh, Drew McIntyre, or uh, Sheamus, there, these are all stuck in a limbo. They're all waiting for. I think at yeah. some point. Uh, I think McIntyre will I mean, go to SmackDown. I mean, da- Damian Priest bo- beat both of them, and then you have both the losers fighting each other. Yeah, there so, again you have an extreme rules match uh, between Priest and uh, Sheamus. Basically, yeah, I mean, draft. I'm, they're waiting for draft. What happens in the next for four yeah, one month? Is, yeah, this is the kind of the limbo stage which usually happens also before the crown jewel. Yeah, so it's it's a little. That's the only four points. Yeah, even even though Raw was actually enjoyable for a change. Yeah, the but... acting tournament was brilliant. I think uh, it was a be at some Raw the uh, half hours of the show has no context sometimes, and uh, suddenly you have like a tag when you, when you have a tag team gauntlet match you're interested for three I guess, hours. I yeah I guess the first hour was spent by the first. half of the match if we if we call the match in into two halves the first half of the match was done by the uh, the story where new day is persevering and then in the second story that was told was new day might have fallen at the wayside but the reason of falling at the wayside was omos yeah they were already too too beaten up they were already too beaten up they were already dead tired so that makes some sense even though some people have complained that why did we have that i mean new day doesn't need the titles new day have won a lot of things so 
nude doesn't need the title. I think uh, the content match also set up an Omos versus uh, Bobby Lashley match at the near future because Omos was absolutely destroyed Lashley in the little yeah. in the little fight little uh, more. They absolutely. And, oh, and, I think and the, and, the, and the crowd and the crowd was very hot for it. Our crowd was very hot for it. So I don't think Omos is still ready to have a world title match. But uh, I I can see them like Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon. <laughs> they will have Omos fight Lashley. Uh, I think I think I think if uh, Goldberg isn't fit to fight in Crown Jewel, we might see that. Yeah, we might see two that. Giant, I, I would I would watch yeah, Omos. two giant yeah two giant men fighting each other yeah. in the desert makes absolute sense. Yeah, I would watch Omos over Goldberg any day because I know what I'm going to get from Goldberg. <laughs> I would rather have Omos. I would over, I would have anyone. I would have Kali over Goldberg to me. <laughs> Great Kali, if you're listening, Punjab the Puttar, time to come back. But yes, let's just uh, we can say that uh, we have had a great week of debuts. We have uh, we are in an exciting time period, and why I'm saying exciting because previously AEW were firing gunshots maybe a rifle shot now they have fired the big cannons and wwe will react to this we it may not seem as such but wwe has indeed reacted in a small manner you can't go into a knee jerk too big of a reaction in all of a sudden i mean it was possible at a pay per view because the pay per view gets that kind of an audience you are perhaps ready to bring in the big bucks and ready to showcase the big things i mean becky lynch was i think becky lynch was already a lock in um, since sasha wasn't available due to probably covid i guess but uh, brock lesnar was certainly brought in or his return was certainly forwarded than what it was initially supposed to be so that they get the loud crowd reaction and get the buzz going but i think wwe will perhaps go in the right direction if not if not immediately but certainly after crown jewel because till crown jewel it will be a little bit of a limbo but one and a half months and two months is pro in pro wrestling is not that much long of a period even though it might feel like it but it's not that much long so hopefully some exciting times ahead krish oh yeah hopefully crown jewel doesn't like uh, end our hopes about wrestling again like it does every year i mean so hopefully by the time uh, survivor series rolls in and people are looking forward to the wrestlemania probably fantasy booking the wrestlemania card we hope to see a very good exciting times ahead from aw as well as the wwe so wrestling fans brace yourselves we are in for a ride probably and surely so krish another episode of heels and faces comes to an end Wrestling is is in has has in store for us, but at this point we have to decide who is the heel or the face. Podcast. I think I will play a great heel. I'm the overweight Adam Cole of this group right now. <laughs> so, uh, am I the overweight uh, Randy Orton? Yeah, the overweight Randy Orton. We are the uh, uh, of, uh, <laughs> pro pro wrestling podcast. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, uh, let's just end it here. uh this evening but let's just hope that we'll be back again very soon and we had promised you an episode on women's wrestling welcome uh, that will be yeah that will be up soon enough on our uh, 
podcast channels and let's meet again next week bye bye, bye.